1: The lead into this show has changed, I think, three times over the last 24 hours as some groundbreaking news has come out of Penn State about Sean Clifford and an effort to potentially unionize the Penn State football team. Uh, We are talking today to Greg Pickle, who is at Big Ten Media Days, getting you ready for what's coming this week from Penn State football and from the conference as a whole. We are recording in the morning, just so you know, we're recording before the day's events where we could fit in this before we go uh, with our 3 3 p.m. airtime on YouTube. So some of this stuff that we're giving you is going to be a preview of tomorrow, and we'll talk uh, in some general terms about what happens today, but check out bluewhiteillustrated.com for all the up-to-date information about what Kevin Warren and some of the other schools have talked about on Tuesday. So we'll get to Greg here on the BWI daily edition. You can tell the season is here when we have foggy connections from hotel rooms i'm your host thomas frank car Greg pickle in indianapolis in a lovely beige hotel room even behind the the the, uh the blur i can see that you're in a a very nice bland hotel room the connection is a little bit iffy so we're going to be working through this today so appreciate everyone uh sticking with us through some of the connection issues but greg what is this set the scene for us today at big 10 media days
2: all right, T. Frank, well, Penn State alternates days each year, so one year it'll go on day one, one year it'll go on day two, right now it's going on day two, so that's obviously Wednesday's festivities here at Big Ten Media Days in, in Indianapolis, so the Lions aren't on the big stays, they're actually not even here yet outside of Lucas Oil Stadium, they'll arrive a little bit later Tuesday uh, evening, and so today we're just going to be focusing on bluewayillustrate.com on everything else that comes up, and obviously, as you said, T. Frank, we're going to hear about some of this stuff that, that b- comes up during the day, uh, but it's not a I wouldn't call it a super interesting day for Penn State fans. I still want you to check the coverage out, of course, and we appreciate you listening to the Daily, but I mean, some years the mixture of teams on day one and day two, they kind of line uh, heavy hitters up in both directions and try and make both days pretty balanced in that regard, and this year it's a little bit different. I mean, I think that there's some intrigue with Minnesota and and P.J. Fleck and Kirk Scirocco. I think that's obviously one angle that, that could come out of today, just that whole nature of things prior to the whiteout game, those two teams will contest later this fall but yeah ultimately it's a you said it they, it's the unofficial kickoff to the season uh the season is not quite here yet of course camp is not even quite yet uh, here of course but whenever these two days pop up t frank we know all of that is just right around the corner
1: Yeah, and uh, you'll notice today is not the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Ryan is off this week, so we are doing the daily here, and that's actually a prelude of things to come. A great uh, transition there that we're going to be doing the daily edition on Tuesdays during the fall season and also the recruiting show on Tuesday. So there's going to be a double dip on Tuesdays. Lots of content coming your way for Penn State football, especially with recruiting and the season that, but it's a very contentious week for the Nittany lions with some reports coming out about Sean Clifford and the Penn State football team, Dennis Dodd of CBS, doing a lot of great work, giving the information in that particular area. Uh, there's also been some conversation about Kevin Warren and his conversations with Sean Clifford, all of that stuff. Res- presumably he'll talk about today. What are you expecting as far as the questions and the answers for today with commissioner
2: Warren? Well, so I think you can attack this T. Frank from both angles and talk about Kevin Warren. Obviously, he's going to talk on Tuesday before this episode airs. And then Sean Clifford will be a part of the contingent that speaks on Wednesday when Penn State is actually here. But I expect a lot of vagueness and generalities, T. Frank. I'm not really expecting to walk in there to Lucas Oil Stadium and hear that there's been some kind of major work or uh, goal accomplished or achieved whatever word you want to use uh between last week when this stuff came out late friday and now uh, i do think that the big 10 is is genuinely willing to work on some of this stuff but you know when you get into this whole unionization thing and sean clifford seemed pretty quick to back away from that as did the college football players association backed away from uh the whole union idea i mean uh, again, I guess the biggest challenge I have with any of this, T. Frank, is what is the the biggest threat a union has? It's a strike. And yeah. if you're if you're talking about trying to coordinate a hundred and however many teams, or if you're just talking about the group of five or Empire, sorry, the Power Five and sixty teams, whatever. Um, you know, are you really ever going to have enough willpower among that group if it was classified as employees and if it was able to form a union and it did collective bargain and so on and so forth? I mean, is there really a, a serious threat ever of that group forming and actually executing a work stoppage, not showing up to camp, not right. showing up to games? I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if I see that ever being the case, maybe way down the road, but certainly it's hard to imagine that being so anytime soon. So, you know, again, I think that they're being careful now to use that, not use the word union or unionization or things like that, because again, uh, they couldn't, right. <laughs> Right now. Yeah, sort of right. But, you know, it's an interesting time for Sean Clifford. He has had a very busy offseason off the field with his limitless NIL business. And with this uh, involvement now, well, he's not technically involved. He's not on the leadership board or anything like that of this College Football Players Association. But clearly, he's had plenty of conversations about it. So, I mean, we're going to hear. As much, if not more on Wednesday, about his offseason off the field, T. Frank, then we're going to hear about his offseason as it relates to on the field with going through another offseason with Mike Yuricich for the first time in his career, having a coordinator around for a second season and things like that. That stuff will come up, but he's going to be peppered pretty good, especially by the national folks on a lot of this other stuff that doesn't have anything to do, really, with how Penn State's going to perform in 2022.
1: So let's focus on Sean Clifford because, again, uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren will have spoken already by the time that you check out the BWI Daily today. So check out BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for more context on that. I'm fascinated to learn about it from that perspective. But as always, you're, you're always disappointed in the answers you get out of a press conference, right? Because the whole goal of a press conference is to say nothing if you're in a leadership position other than things you want to say. Sean, right. not in that situation, though, at least not in my opinion, as yeah. a, a person who's going to be there representing Penn State, but also himself. That's the whole brand thing that they, the players have now of you are at all times your own brand as separate from what you do as a as a person on the field wearing your humor. right. So what are you expecting from him in terms of openness to talk about this? His personality as a as a communicator in general hasn't always been super uh, linear. You know, as a person who speaks into a microphone, what are you expecting to get out of Sean Clifford tomorrow? And what are the nature of the questions that you want to ask?
2: I think he's going to be passionate T. Frank. He's always passionate. He's always direct. He's a blunt guy. He doesn't beat around the bush. So I think he's going to be direct. What I find interesting is Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated this morning posted a multi-page letter uh, from Jason Stahl of the College Football Players Association on social media. And it basically, I can boil it down to this. He believes that there was pressure put upon Sean Clifford by somebody or somebodies to not lead this College Football Players Association, to kind of back away from it. And that he feels like that there was this campaign to Uh, stop Sean Clifford from being a part of that so Sean Clifford's gonna have to answer that question it's out there now from this Jason Stahl who has been very blunt himself uh, over the last few days and interviews and things like that when it comes to what he believes this thing can be and all of that but you know the one line here T-Frank I want to pull it up here to make sure I have it right he says Uh, This obviously was disheartening as our first CFBPA leader had now been flipped, making matters worse. Sean told me that in addition to Kevin Morin, he had been intensely lobbied by another star player and friend to give up on the CFBPA. Sean told me that Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan told him he would never support the CFBPA Big Ten campaign. And this clearly weighed on Sean. Ah, uh, Tanner Morgan is going to be available after uh, the BWI Daily Edition airs today. He actually doesn't talk till almost 4:30 p.m. Eastern Time, so we'll have to see what he has to say about that. But clearly, there's a lot going on here behind the scenes, T. Frank, and we're learning more and more about it as each passing day comes and as these interviews take place. We're going to learn more, but you know, it's interesting because you started the show in the open here by saying that kind of the the way this show is going to go has changed a few times in the last few days and guess what Uh, the way this conversation can be presented seems to be changing uh, multiple times by the hour so yeah I will be very interested to hear what Sean Clifford has to say about all this tomorrow and you know again he's an intelligent guy a passionate guy a smart guy I know he's going to have answers lined up and there's going to be some questions that he is going to get asked and he's probably going to feel like at some point it's overkill but Once you're in these kind of positions, Steve Frank, it comes with the territory.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of to give a bit of an editorial comment here. That's the game now. So what I've seen from Jason Stahl and what he's been leaking to the media and not just leaking, but like a deluge of inside information as he has clearly turned on Sean Clifford, that this situation, Sean was caught between a rock and a hard place. And, and truthfully, he's being painted as a guy that got in over his head as somebody who wanted to have these conversations, wants to be a leader, wants to have a voice for player advocacy, but got caught up with somebody that he didn't fully align with when it comes to unionizing the most radical steps for what college football players can do. Yeah. But he's no longer a student athlete, in my opinion. Like, we are, we are no longer doing the game of these are just kids because Sean Clifford is the CEO of an NIL company. So he is in the spotlight as a business person, yeah. and that doesn't always come with only positive news. And I understand that he's been a quarterback that's been highly criticized throughout his career, but it's always been about what's on the field and his play and things like that. He has now entered the arena of, we're not going to be giving you the same latitude. At least I think if you're going to be conducting yourself this way, you don't get that same latitude and that it has to be an understood thing. So tomorrow when he's asked questions, I think it's fair game to ask him, is it a conflict of interest that he is the CEO of an NIL company and the starting quarterback and potentially a labor organizer for Penn state and the big 10? Like, Are these things, do you think that's a fair line of questioning and a fair way of thinking about this? Or is this just a kid who got into something over his head?
2: Well, fairly or not, I think it's going to come up either way. I mean, I think those are exactly the kind of questions he's going to be faced with on Wednesday at Big Ten Media Days because, you know, again, he's had a lot of uh, media coverage over the last few months of his company and the great things that it seems par- you know, seems to be driving. There certainly seems to be no debate about that among NIL circles or Penn State circles, what have you. So, I mean, I think obviously he's received a lot of media coverage about that, but this is... Obviously a different vein here, this whole college football players thing. And, I mean, Jason Stahl's been pulling no punches. And to your point, um, he's not just putting a few things out there with his name not attached to him. He's putting out full, long, lengthy statements with a lot of insight on things that I don't want to sit here and say that people probably didn't want out. But that in most of these circumstances, uh, you don't hear about this stuff. But I think Jason Stahl thought he was in a good place. And then all of a sudden, T. Frank, his movement, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, uh, has really hit a pretty big roadblock. And yeah. I think he had to know these things were going to happen, T. Frank, that they were coming. But I think the way it happened is probably what frustrates him so much. Look, I think you and I can both agree because we were talking with Nate Bauer, our colleague at Blue White Illustrated, when this first broke last week. I mean, I don't think this is the way the College Football Players Association. One is news to get out there. I do not yeah. think that was the plan Uh, to dump it late on a Friday with all this random mixed content and comments and things like that out there. Uh, I don't think this was the plan, but at the end of the day, that's how it happened. And now uh, the leaders of that uh, find themselves in an awkward place and everyone's trying to figure out what happens next. And I think that, you know, again, there's a reason this has never happened before. It's been talked about and never happened before. That's yeah. because it's hard. And that's because it's very difficult to get so many people at so many different schools with so many different college football experiences on the same page.
1: So the next question I have with this uh, information this morning from Ross Dellinger is like, is this dead in the water? How can you as another student athlete go into a situation with somebody who is willing to throw Sean Clifford into the fire uh, to completely expose the entire situation behind what happened and like, it just, it's not a good look for anyone in this situation. Truthfully, like it just does not right. from a perception standpoint. And that's what I'm talking about with Sean Clifford is like perception about limitless and him as a player and a player advocate has been positive this off season, but this is a huge perception negative and perception does change and it can blow over, but it also can stick. And for the long-term future of this particular conversation of, uh, revenue sharing which is the major thing here and right and health and health benefits right health benefits uh but really i mean the the money is always going to be the thing that is the headline and and the underlying driving force as far as what is creating the most conflict yeah um is this is this particular iteration dead in the water now after this very public explosion
2: Well, I mean, I think the issue here is this, T. Frank. If he had another student leader lined up and ready to go that was at the the caliber or stature or whatever of Sean Clifford, he wouldn't have spent the last two to three days telling everyone how it all kind of fell apart. At least that's my opinion. I could be wrong. But I mean, I think if he had somebody else lined up and ready to go, he would just be moving on with that person and that would be that. So I think that I don't know if it's dead in the water, but it is uh, like I said, it's a substantial speed bump that it's going to take some time might have to go to the shop and get some body work done and things like that but i don't think it's totaled at, at this moment but it's going to take some time to get things back on the right track here and you know again sean clifford whether he wants to be associated with it or not is now going to be asked the questions about where these thing this thing can go what it could do and why why doesn't he want to be involved in this right process that he seemed if you believe it now again we're only getting one side of the story we're going to get the, Sean Clifford's tomorrow and he could very well tell us that the way he's being portrayed right now is not true. Or he could say it is true. I I don't know. And I'm not going to put words in his mouth until we have that opportunity to ask. But um, you know, the question I think that's going to elicit that answer is if you were this kind of uh, person who was down the road and really seemingly at a place where you thought about leading this, what changed and why not now? And is it because of the way things kind of fleshed out and the way they were going Or is it because you don't believe that what the goal and the mission are of this thing can happen, period? That's the big question to me.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. DW group void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So from an internal standpoint, what does this do for Clifford for the team and the relationship and trust with the coaching staff? Because, uh, and Sean Clifford has said this himself, that James Franklin has defended him time and time again. And he, he says just the media, but obviously perception of him as a starting quarterback and defending Uh, his decision to stick with Sean Clifford through a lot of adversity in his career. Uh, Are those two things mutually exclusive? The trust between the two, that particular situation, like how do you read the fallout internally for Penn state going into the season?
2: I very I think that is probably the, the the top line here, T Frank, from or then I don't want to say the top line, but the most eyeball grabbing thing from the Dennis Dodd CBS Sports story on this to me was that they had to smuggle this 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 guy into the Lash building, and that it, as, as, as some kind of assistant coach or support staff member or somebody stumbled upon this thing and kind of blew it blew the top off of it It, it, and that's the 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 narrative that Dennis Dodd's going with based on what he was told by uh I by Saul so I mean that's the question yeah
1: Greg correct me if I'm wrong so the the report said July 7th through the 14th that is typically when the Penn State coaching staff is on vacation correct so this wasn't yeah I mean massive oversight this was a plan everyone knew that the coaching staff wasn't going to be around in this situation right this was clearly like a plan of attack from Clifford I shouldn't uh, say from Clifford, but from the people that decided to do this within
2: Penn State. uh, Yeah. So I have a few questions about. Well, number one, why does he have to be smuggled in? Like, I I don't understand. Like, that's, I don't, and I know that that was a choice of words, and it may not have been as sinister, I guess you could say, as as that implies. But I mean, if, if this guy's coming to state college and whoever, whether it's him, whether it's the, the players at Penn State he's been talking to, you know, whoever doesn't think that, They can accomplish the information sharing that they want to accomplish within the walls of the last building if the coaching staff knows about it. It's July in state college. Rent a hotel ballroom. Like (laughs) rent a room. Like I rent, you know, I mean, there's plenty of places in state college that you can rent and do this kind of thing with that without the need to smuggle in some guy uh and get caught by somebody just wandering around the building or wondering why there are. Suddenly, 60 football players funneling into the team meeting room when everyone's not supposed to be there, or not that many guys, anyway. So, I mean, I just say I have a lot of questions about all this why it went the way it went, why it's now going the way it's going, and how that's going to impact Penn State moving forward. I expect James Franklin and Sean Clifford T. Frank to say all the right things tomorrow and to do, uh, you know, what what you would expect them to do. But at the same time, yeah, they're, they're, it's very hard to not have that that kind of thought in the back of your head at this moment. that says, Hmm, wonder how much this did impact the trust between these guys.
1: And I'm, I'm typically personally, when it comes to valuation on of, of games and things like that, when it comes to distractions, I think coaches have a fair point when it comes to, you can't let distractions get in the way, but there is a balance of like, if you're good at football, you're good at football. This rises to the level of a legitimate team-wide distraction heading into training camp. So from that perspective, do you think that the, the winning and losing of games is now on the table and we're talking about this. So is this a huge problem for Penn state and their, their early season? Let's just start with the first month of the season. Um, you know, their prospects going into the year. If this is going to be an issue for the team when it comes to the actual on-field performance and not just the, the Kumbaya sort of family atmosphere. We talk about all the time with the Nittany lions.
2: I am hesitant to go that far yet, and I think that okay. maybe I changed my tune, T. Frank. May- Let me see how things go tomorrow uh, when these guys actually sit and talk to us. Because keep in mind, it's not just Sean Clifford and James Franklin who are talking. It's two other pretty important leaders on this team, and P.J. Mustafer and Jair Brown. And for the answer to that question, I think we might learn more from those two than the other two. Because mm-hmm. they, as far as we know, and this could just be the case of their names not being out there or attached to this yet. I mean, as far as we know, neither one of those guys was it, it sort of at the forefront of this whole thing. So yeah. I think they are going to be able to come at it from a different perspective of being. I don't want to say on the outside looking in because that's not right. But a different part of this leadership group of the team. And how do they feel like this has impacted things? I mean, I think we sometimes... It's easy to point to a distraction and say, well, that's why Penn State couldn't beat Illinois in nine overtimes because of X or Y distraction. You know, it's very easy, but it's like, you know, really, Uh, is that really why is that really what the issue was? And sometimes I think we give those things too much credence and too much uh, put too much stock into them. But certainly I don't think it's preferred uh, to be talking about these things now. On the other hand, you can look at it and say, well, when are those conversations supposed to be had? I mean, if players want this kind of stuff and they want to push for these kinds of things, when else are they supposed to do it? Because we can sit here and say, well, they shouldn't do it in the fall. Then we can sit there and say, well, spring practice right around the corner. They shouldn't do it in February and March. In January, you're still in the season. And so uh, I guess the question just becomes, you know, when you say, well, you know, it's just really what we should be sitting here talking about right now. I, I agree, uh, but I also just think that, you know, when are these things supposed to come up? So very yeah. interesting time for Penn state and of all the situations that it's found itself in uh, this is a new one for sure. No question about yeah. it.
1: The, the last question, and I don't mean to harp on one player in particular, because according to Jason stall and according to the reporting is that this was much more of a, the team was interested, the team was listening and, and, you know, take, His word for what it is, because this is someone who clearly has an objective here. Right. But let's focus just quickly on Sean Clifford as the leader and as the guy who was at the forefront of these conversations. Mm -hmm. Does his level of play and his particular I understand he's a very long standing quarterback at one of the top programs in the country. But also is famously not one of the best quarterbacks, which is how you get to be a sixth-year starting quarterback in college football. That's the beauty of the whole program: is that they, most players move on; they move right. on to the future. So there is a very, it's very hard to unionize this particular group of people. So is it fair to say and to to bring that into focus when it comes to Sean Clifford, his performance in the past, and also kind of playing off the last question of he has a business proposition that he is start. he is the ceo of he has this in particular that's a part that is on his plate and he's the starting quarterback can you do all three of those things keep all of be a player advocate do all of those things and still be able to focus and perform as a quarterback in the most mentally demanding position in football and maybe sports
2: yeah, and be a student too. On top of that, I know he has an extremely, extremely low caseload or a course load, rather, at this yeah. point. But yeah. I mean, that's still in the mix too. I mean, you know, again, I just think it comes back to like, how do you run a business as a CEO and then also do coursework and then also play football? I think it's doable. Like, I don't, I think it's uh, demeaning in a sense to Sean Clifford to, if I would suggest anything else and say that he can't do it. But it's the the issue is more so that. Anytime he struggles, I can already hear it now. And I can read it on the lines and message board. I can, I, yep. I, we will be able to set our watch to it. The first interception he throws, you're going to hear it. Oh, maybe he should not have been running this business last night. Maybe he was too worried about his business, or maybe he was too worried about this or that. And I'm not saying any of those things are fair or right. And I don't even think that it really has anything to do with the fact that he threw an interception, but uh, that's the rumblings that are going to be heard. And right. outside of your program, okay, like, yeah, obviously we'll we'll sit here and hear the cliches all we want about, you know, reducing the outside noise and not paying attention to it, blah, blah, blah. That's fine and probably true. But the issue, of course, would come if that stuff started to seep into the walls of the Lash building, if guys start Mm -hmm. to feel like that his – what he's doing there is impacting his play on the field. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt until I have reason not to, T. Frank, but it's going to be a talking point this year, certainly anytime he struggles.
1: Yeah, and and it's just uh – I bring these questions up because these are things to think about now that we have never had to previously think about when it comes to a player's performance. And you make very valid and and fair comparative points and and, and counterpoints. It's just interesting that we are in this place now with Sean Clifford, a a player that's been polarizing his entire career. So I guess in the end really shouldn't be that surprised. Um, But of course, We'll have our opportunities to speak to him at at Penn State Media Day and we'll have opportunities throughout the season to speak to him and we'll see how all of this plays out. So we've spent uh, the majority of the show on that today, but it's not the only Penn State news. And truthfully for Penn State fans, it's not the only Penn State bad news that's come out this week where three star receiver Yazid Haynes has uh, has he officially decommitted, Greg? Is that an official thing that's happened or is it just a publicity social media thing at the moment?
2: No, I think it's done. I think it's done okay. at this point. And obviously, I think for quite some time now, we've seen him, uh, you know, the, the rumblings were that Georgia was more of a player here than maybe what we initially thought. And I think that ultimately, T Frank, you know, the question is this, anytime a guy decommits, will he come back around the Penn State? And I, I will never rule it out. Micah Parsons taught us that. But at the same time, you've heard Ryan and I talk about it before here on the daily show. Um, you know, these guys once it's very, very rare for a prospect to decommit and then end up back at the, uh, back up at the school where he decommitted from. So I know we have an example of that in this class already with Matthias Barnwell, but let me tell you as rare as it is, I think it'd be even more rare to have two guys in the same class do that. So yeah. as we sit here on July 26th at about 10 or 10 in the morning, he has not yet committed or, you know, flipped the Georgia or anything like that T Frank, but I mean, I don't want to say it only feels like a matter of time, but it certainly kind of does.
1: It, this is, a, in, to, to your point, Matthias Barnwell uh, decommitted as a freshman, not right, uh, you know, hours before his his uh, his season starts. You know, before he goes to training camp for high school. So, a very different situation there. Um, when it comes to losing Yazid Haynes in this class, how big of a blow is it for the Nittany Lions?
2: Yeah, I mean, I know you've always had some some questions about his hands and things like that, and look, I mean, I think it says all you need to say that he went down to Georgia, he got an offer, he went to Penn State, he got an offer, like the kid's pretty yeah. good. I mean, he wouldn't yeah. be going to these camps in the summer and picking up these opportunities if he wasn't, but at the same time, I think it's going to be an easier question to answer in December. Number one, let's see if Penn State can replace him at receiver in this class, but then number two, T. Frank, let's wait and find out. Just how good his senior season is, I think we'll learn a good bit about what his senior season is going to uh, be like, and tell us that tell us what kind of player he's going to be like at the next level. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But yeah, I mean, for Penn State, they did the the work; they flipped him from Rutgers, and they were able to uh, you know get him on campus and really liked him and offered him. But at the end of the day, Georgia did the same thing, and he's now. Uh, you know, favored in the Andre recruiting prediction machine to end up a bulldog, and we'll have to wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and to, to be clear about the... Yazid Haynes has a rare combination of size and speed. Like, to be as big yeah. as he is both physically and height-wise and run a reported four three is why he is so coveted now by Penn State and Georgia, and that's why he has had such a meteoric rise. When you watch his film, there's less... There's just less like uh, in terms of his his on field performance and production available footage for us to see, you know, from a a public standpoint. And then just kind of the vibe you get from him is he fights the ball in the air and you'll always take the traits because a receiving coach is going to say, I'm I'm going to fix the hands part. And some can, but some guys always fight the ball. And I'm not saying that uh, this is not me trying to brush off for Penn State fans losing Yazid Haynes because he is a a quality prospect and that size and that speed is legitimate. It is uh, I use the word elite a lot, but it does have an elite quality to it. The way he runs yeah. on the football field is hard to yep. replicate, and it's hard to not see the upside. But right. there is a path for him, an obvious path to him being an underperformer based on all those ex- expectations. So when it comes to this particular class, the, the second part is Yazid was not a first priority. He was not a first choice for Penn State to begin with. So they've missed several times at important players at this, uh, at this position. And currently they only have a Johnny Shakir committed to the program. So what do you see? And I know that December is a, is a long time away, but what do you see as the path, forward here is it now just about replacing haynes or is it about trying to get to that third receiver where they were a week ago
2: yeah i think that at this point t frank you have to get at least one more in this cycle and i think they'll be able to and you know i know Carmelo taylor now seems to be trending towards south carolina and you know what other options are out there we'll get into that uh a little bit later in the week but all told i mean i think i look at where Penn state is right now. And if there is a position that they can probably afford to have some misses, I think it probably is receiver just based on what young guys they have in the program right now that they're pretty healthy numbers wise there. But look, I mean, when you offer guys, and you miss out on them, it's always going to sting. And if you yeah. didn't want those players and think they can make a difference at your school, you would not have offered them. So to me, T Frank, I think that that ultimately that's the challenge here for Penn State is it how do you repopulate the, a board that is pretty well full of misses at this point?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and it is going to be a part of the story of this class that has a lot of positives. And it's, it's, just, it's interesting that we were sitting here seven months ago and we were talking about how far ahead the offense was uh, compared to the defense for this class and how we, they were building an elite class and how they got the ball rolling on the offensive line early and how much that has changed. And what we see on the defensive side of the ball and now the offense yeah. with two decommits, commits. And I don't know if it was a pure clean miss on Trey Webb or if it, you know, if that was a part of a, however that situation played out three of those players in the last month has been a bit of a blow to the offensive side of the ball, along with the Josh Miller situation, decommitting and going to Georgia. So, we have gone through 31 minutes of the show so far, and your Wi-Fi connection has been excellent. So I just want to say you
2: have jinxed it, buddy. You I, have just I know, jinxed it.
1: But we're getting to the finish line, so it's okay. Like we've gotten the hay in the barn. If it starts raining, it's okay. Any last thoughts here about what's coming up this week? Recruiting? Anything on your mind that you'll have over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com?
2: Yeah, I think we will get to probably hopefully hear from Pat Kraft out here in Indianapolis uh, tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, The the Penn State Athletic Director did have an interview with our Nate Bauer since taking over at Penn State, but he has not been available since that point uh that he took over for sandy barber so hoping to hear from him obviously james franklin pj for jair brown sean clifford all gonna talk we cover a lot of what we'll hear about from those guys but of course with Mustafer T Frank it's our first chance in quite some time to find out how close he is for uh kickoff Uh, That is now about 35 ish days away. We're under 40. That's for sure. And I think that obviously that's a huge part of this defense for Manny Diaz and huge part of what they're going to be able to do this year is how healthy he is and for how much of the season. So very interested to find out about that as well.
1: Uh, one last thing, and I just want everyone here on the BWI Daily to know this. People on the Lions Den message board know this, but Greg yep. deserves a lot of credit for doing this show from Indianapolis today. Not just because he got up early to do this, and, and I'm sure it was a long day yesterday. Because it was a long day yesterday, his flight <laughs> was canceled four hours before it was supposed to take off. So he you got and it. Uh, other parts of the Penn State media beat from his area all piled into a car an impromptu drove to Indianapolis. So if you want to know what makes Greg Pickle the best at what he does as one of our key reporters at bluewhiteillustrated.com, it's not just that he's excellent at what he does. It's that he's a grinder who's willing to jump in a car and drive seven hours at the drop of a hat. So from all of us here, buddy, thanks, man. That was that hey,
2: <laughs> I appreciate it T. Frank. Yeah, it was a long drive, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a tough time in the airline industry right now. So you take your punches and your roll with them. And we took that one and uh, we're here. So we're getting ready to uh, bring everything you need to know from Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, obviously we'll cover that at BWI and I'm sure somewhere and somehow on the daily here as well.
1: Well, we are super grateful to have you there to get all the information the insight you'll get over at uh, at the Lucas Oil Stadium today for Big Ten Media Day. So we're going to let you get out of here and go do that stuff. Again, check out bluewhiteillustrated.com to hear what Kevin Warren, some of the other people have talked about today at Big Ten Media Day, and, of course, tomorrow when Penn State takes the podium. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. That'll do it today for the BWI Daily. That's Greg Pickle. We'll be back tomorrow with more Penn State football coverage. We'll talk to you then.